Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project podcast. So today I am with straight shooting authors, Simone Melissus and Brendan Watt, who have a no sugar coating approach. They are also authors of the best-selling book, Relationship. Are you sure you want one? They're global speakers and hold relationship done different classes across the world, all about relationships with others, including parents, lovers, families, but most importantly, the relationship you have with yourself. They are regularly in the media for their unique take on all things relationships. They have appeared in the, in the media on shows like Fox News, Good Day Washington, Thrive Global, Elephant Journal, and Mamma Mia, to name a few. Hello, everybody. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Simone. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. So good to hear your voices and... God, the first thing I want to say is I so enjoyed reading the book. Thank you for writing it. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a little different, huh? <laughs> it is a little different. I mean, I I loved it for so many reasons, but I think for the most part, I just felt like you guys were my friends right off the bat. And the, there was a way that you approached relationships and talked about creating relationships that I not only got super curious about, but I also was just found myself giggling through the book because the way that you guys would just each kind of take turns writing a chapter back and forth, mm-hmm. it, it you just obviously play so well together. And so I guess my first question, what has transpired since you you wrote the book? That we that we broke up, that we're no yeah. longer. Yeah. And that you guys are still like best buds. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And it's funny because it's like we actually, we wrote the book. We pretty much put it all on the table when we wrote the book. And like we talked about everything that came up for both of us. And it's like that's what, that was one of the keys to creating the relationship we had was we were just vulnerable with each other. Like we just went, okay, this isn't working. We need to. There has to be change here, but not necessarily from the place of the other person needs to change. It's what needs to change here with both of us. And we just, we did it from just this place of, I think, I'm going to say, I've never said it this way before, but I'm going to say it this way now is it was kind of like a little bit of an experiment on how you can create a relationship. Like we both had no idea on how to create a great one. No idea at all. And we had a friend of ours, Gary Douglas, who is the founder of Access Consciousness, that we, the company that we both work with. And we were like, okay, so how do we do this? Like, how do you create a relationship that actually works? And we used him. We would call him daily and be like, uh, this is showing up. How do we deal with this? And he would help us with it. But it was, it was one of the biggest keys to creating our relationship is we were curious, both of us, were very curious about how you actually create one that worked. We were both trying to not actually have a relationship. Like both of our point of view was if I can't find a good relationship, then I'm not doing one. Like I don't need 
a relationship. So when we met each other and we did, we weren't looking to create a relationship. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I found the one exception. We united dynamically forever. Yeah, we did. We were, we were together for about two years and his mother actually said something about us being in a relationship and we, we looked at her and looked at each other and went, we're not in a relationship. Like we just denied it. And she looked at us and went, okay. She said, I need some help then. And we went, why? And she said, I look at you two and if I'm going to ask for a relationship, I would like it to look like this. So if it's not a relationship, what the hell is it? And we both mm-hmm. looked at each other and went, damn. It's like, oh, we've got to actually admit that we're in a relationship now because, <laughs> I mean, he was even living with me and we were like, no, 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 we're just friends, you know. <laughs> Everyone was like, okay. I love that, you know, it's so true what you're saying about this idea of we all know what relationships not done well look like. I mean, I think that that what we're what we deal with on a day-to-day basis are are usually, you know, being just bombarded with all of these examples of what not to do versus really having an experience or something modeled to us that is desirable, that works. And it's so interesting, Brendan, because I loved what you shared, well, but what you both shared, but, you know, about growing up and about the models that we have. And it's like, I often say, if we can't see it, we can't be it. And there's a way too that you guys are sharing that you really had to lean in on your founder and also the gentleman that you were speaking of who you said you were calling for coaching. Like there's a way that, gosh, we all need a relationship coach, but I love how the two of you have really established, you know, some, some tools in the book for people to start using you know, this is a good place to start. I'd love for you to really just talk about your unique approach has been like, what have you figured out is kind of the formula, the winning formula for a relationship. And I know they're all different. Everybody's different, but there are, I think, some main things that you fleshed out in the book that I'd love you to talk about. Well, I would, It's uh, I've got a billion things that I could talk to you about with that question. But one of the things is what a lot of us do is we get into a relationship and then we create the separation with it. Like we go, okay, so there's two of us in this relationship. So there's two of us in this world rather than if we actually included everyone in this world. Because one of the things we talk about, and I'm not quite sure if we mentioned it in the book, but we work with a company called Access Consciousness. Both of us, our main target is consciousness, which includes everything and judges nothing. So when we do that, it's it to create a relationship that works. And Simone and I did this dynamically is we include everything in it. So you could be having a conversation and someone might call and you'd answer the phone but you would include them in your relationship. And what a lot of us do, and what I've done also in previous relationships, is it's like you would cut out certain aspects of your life to be in that relationship rather than go, okay, so I'm in this relationship, include everything in it so that it can become bigger, but also so that everything can contribute to it. And this is what I see a lot of us don't do is we go, oh, well, now we're in this relationship, so we're just the two of us, we create two-ness rather than oneness. And when mm-hmm. we have that place of oneness, then we allow everything to contribute to it. And that's it's not 
that's not something you could figure out with your head. Like you wouldn't go there and go, oh, well, how do I get to oneness? It's something that you could ask for in your relationship right now. Like if you're in a relationship right now, okay, so how do I include every element on the planet right now? How do I include every element in the universe right now to contribute to this? And I'll give you three really pragmatic tools to create a great conscious relationship. It's like, number one, good in bed. Make sure that they're good in bed because otherwise it's not going to be fun. Number two is that they contribute monetarily. And that means it doesn't mean that you have a joint bank account, et cetera. It means that you both are contributing to the relationship in some way. Like at one point I was the one earning all the money, but Brendan was uh, working with the renovations in our house. So that was a major contribution. And number three, let the other person do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, like if you try freedom. Hold someone back, yeah, if you try and hold someone back, they're only going to resent you. And the other part, the other part to that is you let them also do whatever the hell they want. Last night when I was reviewing the book again, I, I of course had to read Good in Bed a couple of times because, and I love that you put it first and I think it was third in your, in the book, but I love too that you guys had such a playful, right? There was like this playful, very kind of unattached attitude about the sexual relationship as well. And there was a big distinction between sex and intimacy. So I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that too. Well, a lot of people misidentify that, you know, copulation is intimacy. It's not. It's like you can be extremely intimate with nature. It's like with another person and not actually copulate. You know, copulation is putting the body parts together. Sex is just sex. And I think when people make sex intimate, it's like then they misidentify, you know, a whole bunch of things. And then that's when everything starts to get a little, you know, screwed up. We do talk about sex very clearly in there. And I remember there was this guy that said to me one day, I can't believe all the things that you spoke about in that book. He said, some of those things, I can't even talk to my wife. And he went, and you just published them in a book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. With that though, like what you're saying there is we also make it meaningful. Like we make the sex part, like if we make it the, the part that's the intimate part of the relationship, we make it meaningful rather than, we either make it meaningful or meaningless rather than go, okay, it's a joyful aspect that we have in it, but it's an aspect. It's one piece of the relationship. It's not the relationship. And that's what that's what Simone and I did was we went, okay, so what if this was like play, playing Frisbee? Like what if it was just fun? You know, and we did it like that from this place of, and we taught each other also. We taught each other. And that's the other thing that is, I'm going to add a fourth element to this part that we just spoke about is you've got to be willing to teach each other how to create Mm -hmm. a great relationship because no two people on the planet have ever created a relationship the way that you desire to create it ever and what a lot of us do is we look at like social media and we'll look at we'll look at different things for okay what's the relationship that i want and we'll create a picture or an image of, okay, that's the relationship rather than, okay, what do I actually desire? Like what would be so different for me that I'd like to have as a relationship? What do you desire and what is what's what works for the other person as well? Because like if I, yeah, yeah. if I assumed things about Brendan, like at one point one of our friends said, oh, Brendan, do you have a brother? I wish you had a brother. You know, I'd love to, you know, have someone like you. And Brendan looked at her and went, you'd hate to be in a relationship with me and named all these things that about him that she would literally hate. Whereas I was just like, 
okay, that's fine. I mean, allowance of these things, I that's him. So I wasn't trying to change him at all. And one of the the disaster points that I see that so many women do is they get into a relationship and they try and change the man they're with or they try and train him. And one of the things I always say that if you want to train something, get a puppy, not a man. It's like let oh him my be God. a man. Like let him be yeah. what he used to be. That, can I just add in that that is a big Big, 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 big point. Let him be a man. It, it is a big point. And I really, really get it when you say that. I really, really do. Because there's a way that, you know, I've, like many of us, have, have been in a lot of failed relationships until I've had one that really works. And what really works about it are exactly these four things. Mm-hmm. It's this, and you pointed them out, and they're so simple, but they are so vital to making a relationship work. And a lot of people around us kind of marvel my significant other, Austin, you know, it's like, again, there's this way that it just, it works because for the first time in a relationship, this is a man who is not interested in controlling me. He's not interested in suppressing me. I'm not interested in doing that to him. I'm not interested. There was actually, and I'll raise my hand, the one thing that I was terrible about was trying to change. There was one aspect and he'll laugh because of course he's my editor, but is we laugh because when I said I wanted to manifest the perfect man, I wasn't specific enough to say that I wanted him to enjoy fruits and vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) That's your worst problem, Monica. I think you did. I know. I know. Oh my God. There's just... There's so many ways that, again, just the relationship is so joyful. It's like to experience so much joy in a relationship is so expansive. And when you talk about that way that, you know, and the two of you kind of come to the relationship with like, what do we want to create? And it's on a day-to-day basis. There is such joy in that experience. Well, and you said it perfectly because one of the things you did was you left out what didn't really matter to you when you asked for the relationship. It didn't matter to you if he ate fruit and vegetables. <laughs> right. right. So you got the man in your life that was going to contribute to you, that was going to add to your life. Because the fruit and vegetables part is the part that we get stuck on. We get stuck on because we get, that's the image part, is we go, well, I want someone who's going to contribute to my life, but, and the bit and the but is the big part. Well, you meet this amazing man and because he's not two inches taller, women dismiss it. And I I see that all the time. I know a lot of tall women and they're like, oh, he's not tall enough. And I'm like, is he kind? (laughs) I know, I know. And, you know. There's this way, there's this way that I often say, okay, so I don't, I don't know, you know, like I'm just kind of rolling with this, but there's this way. And I was sitting with a friend today and same thing. There was just this way that it constantly shows up in terms of, of finding all these things that are wrong or not working or that I think that some of the words she was using were, I want him to this. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you have to make a request then. It sounds like you have a request there. It's this idea of watching a lot of women around me kind of fall into this trap. Not that I don't sometimes, but what I kind of go back to is often the way that we're socialized. And I don't, there's something here about, and I'm sure it's it's the same all over the world, but it is this idea of like, I call romance the trance. That there's some way that we're socialized into believing this fairy tale of relationships, which is, of course, why I was so attracted to the title of this book. 
mm-hmm. because it's like, are you sure you want one? Because there's a way that it's like, it's not a fairy tale. This is, you know, there's so much accountability. There's so much presence that has to occur on a day-to-day basis to keep a relationship alive. It's like you not only do you have to show up as a whole person willing to kind of look at where you're you're trying to project or or hold somebody else accountable or responsible for what you yourself need to do. But there's this whole other piece that's like, as things evolve and change, you want to continue to kind of be present to each other. And I just, I loved how you guys were really kind of going back to this idea of choosing it every day. Well, I think you said it perfect with the what you project because it's like the what we do is we project into our future what we've decided we need to have with relationship but then we also we so we have this projection into the future and this image of relationship and then we try and evolve to create that image rather than go that's not evolution you're not evolving into anything different because you've already projected it and we it's getting to this different point where you go, okay, so what can I be different today? What can I create with my relationship today? What can I ask for today that I haven't asked for? And that place of question is the place of actual evolution. That's the place that people need to to get to. That's the place that people can experience evolution is if they start getting to the question. And what we do is we stifle that. We stop that with with the place where we come to conclusions and we go, oh, well, this is my relationship. This is who I'm with. This is what it is. Rather than, okay, this is what it is right now in this 10 seconds. What can the next 10 seconds be? Yeah, I mean, how many people get married and then they, they go to a conclusion, like now they've got the answer, they've done it, they've ticked that box rather than still remaining and being in question. Exactly. And one of the things that I would love to talk to, Monica, is you said two things about the perfect man and your significant other. What if there was no perfect man, there was no perfect relationship? Because perfection is a judgment. So at me, right? Yeah. And then, except (laughs) right, right, right. There's one perfect man in the world. So yeah. And then the other thing is, what if you didn't refer to Austin as your significant other? What if you referred to him as your insignificant other, or even better, your enjoyable other? Oh, I love that. Because when you make it significant, like even it's like not even cognitive. You say perfect man, significant. Then it doesn't allow any room, any movement for Austin to basically stuff up, to be him and just go, hey, guess what, Monica, I just did this, you know, and you're like, that's cool. You're not perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, but if it's... Yeah, it's it's great. It's great what you're pointing to. And there's a way that, you know, I mean, we joke because we know that perfect in my world means perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with, I, I totally hear what you're saying about, you know, again, these are very kind of just what we say. These are the things that kind of come up and it's, yes, he's he's perfect for me and he's perfectly imperfect. But to your point, Simone, there is a way that we are kind of, again, socialized and conditioned to look for certain things. And I think you guys both said it. It's like we miss the magic of meeting someone when we are 
projecting our idea of who that perfect person is. And so if they show up and they don't look like that person that we've projected, if they don't act like that person, there's no possibility exists for us to have a different experience. Can I just say one thing, Brendan? Because you were one of the greatest gifts in my life, like truly. Like eight years with Brendan was an absolute gift. And if I had written some sort of perfect list of what I desired in a man, then I wouldn't have allowed Brendan to show up. Don't tell all the bad things. I'm <laughs> He's like 11 years younger than me for, for starters. That's fine. I can deal with that. He had a kid, which I definitely was not asking for children. I can. Um, he had a dog, which I loved the dog. I can do it. Uh, he, was, he was very much in debt that I he didn't tell me until after we bought a house together. And I was like, really? And I was like, isn't that the sort of thing you tell someone before you buy a house with them? And he went, mm, I guess so. So can, we made that. can tell that. The snoring, you well, you just did it. He snore. He well, he actually, you don't snore anymore. It's like not like you used to, but we got to the bottom of that too. And smoke cigarettes, which I hate. He doesn't smoke cigarettes anymore, but I didn't like, you know, that smell. So all those things, I wouldn't have gone. There's my perfect man. It's like, you know, but he is so kind and generous and caring, and was such, and still is a huge gift in my life. Well, that's so that's from any list or perfection that's just from the willingness to receive another being in your life and that's yeah yeah and that's the creation of the image that we use and but it's not it what we do is we're programmed with relationship like we go we program ourselves and we go okay this is what relationship is this is what i need to create with it and what we did with this book with relationship are you sure you want one was the first point was to actually put people into question and go, okay, are you sure you want one? And if you get, yeah, I actually want to create, I want something in my life that's going to make me more of me, but not be the source for me being more of me. And that's the place where if people get to that, you can create an epic relationship, but you've got to be from the place of it's not what makes you, it's what adds to you. Yeah, it's such a great point because I do... I do think a lot of people somehow think that a relationship is going to complete them or fix whatever they're feeling is missing. There's this way that I think we show up in all these not enoughness ways that this, these unworthy ways that we think, you know, it's, I, I get that it's unconscious, but there, it's really in, encouraging to, hear people coming to a relationship with a sense of sufficiency, with with a sense of enoughness, that that there's actually a self-love that has been established before they then are, or at least enough of it, where they're able to then make a relationship work from that place. Yeah, you're not looking at the other person to complete you. Like the Hollywood movies, (laughs) it's like you're actually complete. The, the thing that makes makes us unconscious, like that part there is the place where we go out of question. So whenever you've got this place where you go, I need to do this or I'm, I'm forcing myself into this with relationship or with anything in your life is go to question. Okay, so what's this going to create? If I make this choice right now, what's my life going to be like in five years' time? And see, the thing with that is too is we all know with our relationships like we know when we get into them and i didn't realize this until many years into my life and i wish i would have had this information 
soon enough. But it's like, but you know, when you, when you, let's say if you're going to take somebody home or if you're going to go and play with somebody or if you're going to choose a job, you know when it gets that sticky feeling to it, when you go, oh, this isn't really going to work, but we choose it anyway. So we know, and we do the same with relationships, but what we do with that is we go, okay, so I know this isn't going to work. I don't want it to work. Let me create it the way that it's not going to work rather than, okay, can I make it work? And when you get a no that you can't make it work, move move on. Move the hell on. There's a whole lot out there that you can choose. And the thing that Brendan and I both desire people to get from our book and from we also do these classes called Relationships Done Different is it's a choice. It's not a necessity. If you're going to choose a relationship, make it a great one, but you don't have to choose one. Like this, I was talking to this uh, gentleman the other day and he said to me, why aren't you taken? But in his world, the way he was asking me a question was that surely a woman like you would have to be in a relationship. And I said, because I don't actually desire one right now and Mm -hmm. I don't need one. And, you know, sort of explained that to him and he went, wow, that's a good answer. But so many people, as you mentioned, like in, in society, in this reality, look at a relationship is the right choice. That's the projection also is that relationship is the right choice. And that's what most of us choose it for. And and the whole premise that I think you're talking about, Brendan, is like actually coming at it again with, with the questioning, mm-hmm. that the questions are actually the access to the consciousness, correct? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's the access to the consciousness, but it's also the access to your awareness. It's mm-hmm. the access to your knowing. And what both Simone and I do is it's like we want people to know what they know. We want them to go to the place of, okay, so because it, it's not right or wrong. It's we have to get out of this place of relationships right, not relationships wrong, to the place of what works for me. Like if we had, and I'm going to go a little bit into it, deep conversation here but if we had eight billion people on this planet which we do looking at okay what's true for me then how much more would we get what was true for us because everybody else is choosing what was true for them and that's what we're looking at is it's like how do we get out of this programming of looking from this place of this is how it is this is what we need to choose with relationship to what do you actually desire what do you want to create And can I give a really pragmatic tool as well? When you mentioned before, Monica, about the women that you know sort of saying, oh, I want him to do this, et cetera. If you you actually desire to create something greater, stop where you're going to the conclusion and start asking questions as Brendan has referred to. And a great question to ask is, what's right about this person I'm not getting? Brilliant question. If you start to look for the great stuff that this amazing man that you're sharing your life with or dating or, you know, having sex with or whatever, it's like, look at what's great about them. And what's right about me, I'm not getting. Yep. What's right about me, I'm not getting. And what's right about this, I'm not getting. What's right about him, I'm not getting or her, et cetera. Yeah. We tend to look at the the not rather than the, wow, look at this. It's like, I mean, I love a man being a man. It's one of the biggest turn-ons to me is like from the small, I mean, like Brendan, we used to go jet skiing and the way he would, (laughs) it sounds so silly, but the way he would just reverse those jet skis down, you know, the thing into the water, et cetera, and do all that manly stuff. I was like, yeah, I love that. 
It's true. It's true. I love that. I was going to say, like, what do you mean a man being a man? But then you said it and I was like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Like the work boots. Like, I love that. Yeah. Like, like he's so capable. Like, go fix the roof. Like, awesome. Yeah. That's the, that's the part. It's the capability that you, that most people admire in another person is they go, oh my God, you're capable of doing these things. Oh, so capable. Yes. I watched this movie the other day and there's this scene and the woman has these bags, like she's traveling. Remember those days? And the guy says to her, can I help you with your bags? And she says, no, no, I'm fine. And I was like, God, that's what so many let, and I, I know, say, like, let him carry the yeah, damn bags. bags. He, he actually, and this friend of mine, this was many, many years ago, and it was a huge point in my life that changed a lot for me with receiving from men. I was on a plane with him and I was trying to get my bag from up the top. And I'm not like weak, you know, or, you know, not capable but he looked at me and he went, Simone, do you get that if you let me help you, I will move mountains for you? I loved that. You put that in the book and it gave me chills. And yeah. it's like, there's this, okay, all right. So now I'm going to get, I'm going to go woo woo a little bit here, but <laughs> there's, but, but it's true. There's this whole dynamic too of energy that I think is kind of underneath the current of so much. We're so, as women, there's this way I think that we are like, we don't know how to receive. There's this, there's this real issue with both men and women, I think in, in terms of like allowing some of these more quote unquote, feminine energies to really inform our relationships and to inform us emotions, for example, like allowing them. We more, we more not know what to be. Yeah. Talk and more I about that, Brendan. Live, well, I think women's live really changed that because women's live came along and went, we are, we are feminists. We, we can do this. We can do that. We're equal, blah, blah, blah. For a lot of women that gave them a job. They knew what their job was before they knew what their job is now rather than the job being the being rather than going, okay, so what do I want to be, which is the place that we get to see what we want to receive. And I think yeah. that, that men sort of at that point went, well, I don't, what am I supposed to do now? Can, am I allowed to open a door for a woman? Am I allowed to pull out her chair when she sits down? And, and a woman was like, I'm fine pulling my chair out. I can open the door. Whereas what if we went back to, the basics of honoring of each other and and having this gratitude for each other and I don't I'm pretty sure you're going to be the same Monica I love it when a man opens a door for me opens oh the my God. door or pulls a chair out or you're at a restaurant and I'm not the one picking up the wine bottle to fill my glass he is it's like being treated like a lady is one of the most vulnerable things to actually receive but also it's one of the most enjoyable things to receive and you also allow the man to be a man it's like that yeah well said <laughs> well said but, like, but that's that part of educating each other on the relationship like Simone taught me on that was okay so I'm willing to receive what are you willing to be what are you willing to give and I went oh like you would like your chair pulled out okay good I can do that but it's like but you you've got to be an allowance of each other and you've got to educate each other on this stuff this is the right. part that we need to do in relationship is we need to educate each other on what it is we desire to create as a relationship. But I'm going to say one more thing here with that part is you've got to figure out what it is you want in relationship. 
Right. One of the things that's coming up for me, Simone, is like, yes, right. Like I agree with you. There are certain ways in which I really love that, right? Like Austin came home tonight with flowers and it was Mm. such a a nice surprise because I had said earlier that I was in a funk, you know, this week. And so there's just this way that he comes, he'll come home and just so thoughtful and so, you know, present to like my needs. And there's another way though, where you know, for example, if he assumes that he always is the driver of the car, that's a very male female thing where if we're going to go somewhere like he's going to drive that I'm like, I like to drive too. you know, like there's some there's some ways. So it's again, going back to Brendan, what you're saying, like educating each other, like having these conversations versus the assumption that like all women like this or all men like that, that there's a way that we each get to be individual and ask for what it is that we need and know that they can accept, decline, or counteroffer, that there's it's co-created. Yeah, there's a way to do that as well because, say, in that situation, there's so many women who'd say, you know what, I like to drive too sometimes. Why can't I drive? And, like, and go into this confrontation. And men, are I, they're quite simple characters. They're not nearly as complex what? as women. What? And it's... <laughs> And it's like, but if you said to the man and just went, hey, honey, it's like, do you mind if I drive today? It's like, why don't you sit back and relax? And it's like, I mean, even lean over and like put your hand on his crutch or something like that while you're driving. It's like, he's going to be like, okay, you I like this. I like this woman driving thing. Yeah. The big part of that is it's like men like to be asked for what you desire. Yes. They like to be asked for it. Asked, 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 not told, asked. Not told, asked for it. And this is okay, give I'm me talking. an example. Give me an example. Well, it's like, so for Simone and myself, it's like she would ask me questions like, hey, what is it that you'd like to do here? And when she started asking me that, I'd be going, why are you asking me? I'm used to being told. Mm. But one of the things I did in my life was I grew up with women who told me what to do. Not right, not wrong, but that's what I learned was communication. And she went, okay, so what would you like to do? And I went, what What, what do you mean what would I like to do? Where, where do I have choice? And then I started learning that I had choice in the relationship, that I could start creating it with her rather than being told what it is. And this is another big point here is if we get to this, you have to be willing to look at, okay, so what is it I desire from the relationship? What do I want to create with it? It can even be a really like simple, pragmatic thing of like, say you want the trash out instead of just going, you know, hey, can you put the trash out? And it's like, you know, call him lover, go over lover or something and be like, hey, lover. And it's like, would you be able to put the trash out for me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, tone of your voice. But she manipulated me all the time. <laughs> it's like, but it is, it's the tone. I mean, it's to me, that's all foreplay as well. It is. Like, opening yeah. a door, pouring the wine, and it's like that. It's everything is foreplay. Foreplay is not just like in the bedroom when you're starting to take your clothes off. It's like foreplay is kindness. Yeah, because it allows somebody else to have choice and not assuming and anything and the expectations. I mean, say if you look at uh, say taking the bin out, that's traditionally a man's job. Why? And it's like, what if you did take the trash out or you did do certain things? And it was like, what worked on that day? So that you're always, as Brennan mentioned before, in question. And it's like, what's going to work today? I mean, like today, I'm, I've, it's my morning right now. 
And I've woken up with a huge amount of energy, like I'm really creative. And that's a lot of the times how I wake up. So then I just want to do and be so many things today already. So when I have that sort of energy, then you do and be all of that. It's not like, oh, that's his job. That's my job. It's like you contribute to each other on a continuous basis. That sort of creates this like energy of instilling chaos, not havoc, instilling chaos so that there's always this place of question. It's like, you know, who are we today and what grand and glorious adventures can we have, you know, together and on our own as well. And that's the big part is it's like when Simone and I met, she was like that, creative as like you couldn't even imagine. You get up in the morning and she's like blah, 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 doing like a million. She would, she would create – Six billion miracles before breakfast. And I was like, um, can you stop being so happy? Why are you being so happy? And I was depressed. And, you know, at the time, and this was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And, and, I, and I just, I put up with it and I put up with it and I put up with it and I put up with it. And then one day I lost it and went, can you stop being so happy? What are you so out of touch with that you're so damn happy? Yeah. And she went, no. Not gonna stop being right, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. And I went, Oh, okay, fine. But that's what I'd done my whole life. And that was part of that programming thing that we're talking about is we get programmed into all of that. Like we bring we try and bring people down into our level rather than reach for what they're capable of. And if we do that in relationship, like if we're if if you're in relationship with somebody, like let's use Simone and I for example, and somebody is so joyful and happy, and you go, oh my god, what's it going to take for me to be that joyful? Mm. And you use them as your accelerant. You use them as your you use them as the push into what you know you can choose because you wouldn't have chosen them if you didn't know you could choose it. Then you have a totally different reality. And that's what it's like and I'm grateful for this conversation because that's what I realized I did with you, Simone. Hmm. What's that? Well, I used you as my accelerant. I knew that I had what it took to be like you. Yeah, and but you taught me so much as well, Brandon. It's like that eight years together and like you mentioned at the beginning Monica we are like best of mates it's like we talk almost every day and there's because we know each other we have a friendship that is so solid and we have each other's back and I don't see that ending at all well it's it's exquisite it will never end. I can promise you that much Ah, well, it's exquisite and it's beautiful, and I'll and I'll tell you, it's again. It I think it takes tremendous integrity as a human being, but I think it's also something that, like, what you're modeling is something that I believe that we're all capable of. Like, there's this way that we cut off our nose to spite our face. Why would we embark on a love affair with somebody and and love them in in the way that you two have loved each other, and then? make it so difficult to like that you that you can't have that person in your life anymore like again back to kind of those programmings that you're talking about yeah you know again like when i when i divorced like everybody around my ex and i were just really kind of like sometimes i think that some of the stuff we succumbed to was more about the external pressure because nobody could be with the fact that we were not tearing each other apart Right, yeah. like it- that's, that's what we do with love, though. I know. Like we do that with love for, like, if you look at the places in your life right now where you go, okay, I love this person. Does it have 
Like if, if you if you have ten people in the line and go, I love these people, do each one of them have a different level of judgment to it? Where you go, Okay, I love them for this or I love them for that, rather than I just love them. Do whatever you want. Right. But that's the thing we do with love is we have to create judgment in order to love somebody. Well, and I think what you're pointing to are the conditions. We don't realize that we have all these conditions. Yeah. Well, the conditions are our considerations that we use to create the love rather than, okay, so, okay, I love this person. One of the things that I grew up with was it's like one of the things I learned was, well, I love you unconditionally. You know, and I hear people say that and I went, what does that mean? Does that mean I can do whatever I want? Yeah, no, I can only do whatever I want until it doesn't meet what it means for you to love me. As soon as I go beyond those barriers of what it means for you to love me, you don't love me anymore. And so that's what we do with love unconditionally. It always contains judgment to it rather than going, okay, I'm grateful for you. Mm. I'm grateful for you as a person. I'm grateful for you for whatever you choose. And this is how it is. Well, what if love was one of the biggest programs that we brought into? I mean, if you look at the acronym of love, what we came up with was lower oscillating vibrational equivalence. Like as, you know, the story that Brennan was telling before when he was sad and I was happy and he's like, will you stop being so happy? Because he wanted to go down. You didn't love me. Because I wasn't, I wasn't aligning and agreeing with your sadness. Exactly where I was grateful for him and every single day I'd wake up and be like, is is this man a contribution in my life? Yes, okay, keep going. But it didn't mean that I had to lessen myself. And how often when you say, oh, I love this person, someone does this like lower oscillating vibrational equivalence so that you become equal with their limitations and their insanity rather than if you're grateful for someone, it has, as Brendan said, it has no judgment. Well said. So what yeah, what if you started actually being grateful for the person that you're with? And you can still mm. use the word love and have that. I mean, I used to say it to Brendan all the time. I was just on the phone with him before and said, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. I still say it too because it's fun. <laughs> but we're grateful for each other and we know that. Don't give up love. Give up judgment. I love what you're saying, you know, the acronym for love. When I read that in the book and I was thinking about the other one that I've heard is living one vibrational energy. But there's this way again that like, yeah, it's it there are a couple ways to really it's it's again going back to that question is like, is this love? Like is is this if I'm going to limit myself or kind of limit my capabilities because my partner is, you know, in a funk or in a mood and I'm going to lower my vibration to kind of meet his. Is this what love is, right? That's what I hear you saying. That's the place that we compress ourselves into trying to find out how we how we meet together in a relationship rather than going, how do I evolve into something greater so that I can invite this person to something greater? Right, right. I see a lot of that kind of uh, the lowering, right? The lowering of the energy to kind of stay, stay with somebody or stay in the relationship and keep things copacetic, keep them comfortable. Well, I was just going to say with that is, see, that's another part of the programming though, because we think that like we, you would look at it and go, okay, that's the way it is. But what if that's not the way it is? What mm-hmm. if everything is the opposite of what it appears to be and nothing is the opposite of what it appears to be? So what if everything in your relationship where you go, okay, this is wrong, this needs to change and what, whatever that is. Okay, what if you're off? 
What if that conclusion right there was the thing that's stopping you in your relationship? What if it was something completely different and you asked a question like, okay, what's it going to take for this to change? That's the place we need to get to if we're going to create relationships done different, if we're going to create something different with it. And the thing you said about like with what love is, I don't know if you've seen Ferdinand, the movie. I haven't. Oh, it's great. We have to see it. But it's like Ferdinand, him, he loves smelling the flowers. He's just like, he's this young cow that turns into a massive bull, but he loves smelling the flowers. And he's got this girl in his life that is just loves taking care of him. And at the end of the movie or towards the end of it, she goes, is this what love is? But love for her is total gratitude. Mm. And that's yeah. what I'd like to, it's like, I mean, what if it, like, if we loved people like that, where it was total gratitude, you know, do, smell the flowers, smell the poo, do whatever you want. I love you anyway. That's a different reality. Tell me this, because it's so true that the two of you had decided to go your own way. You're no longer in relationship in that way. So tell me, what did it take to kind of create what each of you are doing now? Courage. Talk about that. I want to I want to hear, like, how was courage involved? Simone, do you want to go or you want me to go? Well, uh, well, I mean, okay, so we broke up the relationship. Brendan actually broke up with me. <laughs> but I got to say that there was, you know, I did that immediate thing of being really shocked, etc. And like, oh, my goodness, this is the worst possible thing in the world. And then I was smart enough to actually start looking at it. And I went, mm. I was looking at the past like six, eight months of our relationship and realized that we were more maintaining it rather than creating it. And one of the references that we would refer to is if you didn't have a relationship, what if you actually had a creationship? And we mm. created so much together and our lives were changing big time. Like we both started doing, facilitating these huge seminars all around the world. And we were, had different travel schedules and not that we never, we always worked it out when we had these travel schedules and our lives were just changing and they were becoming different. And one of the things I see so many people do is stick to a relationship because they're in it rather than one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself and the other person is, have we done what we were meant to do together? Like, and for us, it was like as lovers, I guess. We created a lot of wealth together. We created a lot of different, like, you know, things. And then, but as lovers, it, we were, we were done. And it's like, he broke the relationship up, but it, and it did take me a few, few months, which is probably not that long to actually go, mm, you know what? You're right. You actually made a really smart choice. And we spoke about it like not long ago that we're both so grateful that we are not in a relationship where we live in the same house and we're lovers, et cetera, because both of our lives have changed again so much. And we both have each other's back and we support each other in everything that we choose now as well. And at one stage we were like, let's sell everything and split it and, you know, do this dramatic thing. And then we looked at each other and went, this is crazy. We created a lot of investments together. So why would we not continue to expand that? Like we can still have a financial relationship. We can still have a friendship just because we're not sleeping together doesn't mean that, you know, that that piece has to change. And I see people galump everything into one box rather than go, so what part of this is working and what part of this is not working anymore? Can I just, I just want to brilliantly said, Simone, 
And can I just add one thing in there? It's just like, it didn't feel light to either of us. Like, you know, when you when we looked at, let's split everything up, let's go our separate ways and let's hate each other. It, it creates like a twist in your stomach, like where mm-hmm. it feels heavy. That's the part where it's not really true for you. So that's the part where people need to go to, okay, so what's something I can do different here? With Simone and I, we use the tools of access consciousness a lot. We live them, we be them, we are them. And it's like, for us, we knew that it was heavy. So we went, okay, so what? what's a different choice we could make? And we knew that being friends and creating together still is who we are. And I don't, I'm not quite sure how to talk to people about this part, but it's like, well, that's the courage. Like we both sat there and cried because we both went, looked at each other and went, this is Yeah, we drank a bottle of wine and cried and went, this doesn't feel good. Like what, what, else can, what else is possible? What else can we do here? And it's like we both so care about each other. So that caring doesn't have to go away. That's the big point. That caring doesn't have to go away just because your relationship doesn't work. Well, and what I'm also hearing, though, is a tremendous amount of trust, not only in yourselves, you trust each of you trust each other, but you trust yourself that, you know, you're going to continue to kind of be aware and be able to continue to call the shots as in terms of what's working and what's not. So there's a way again, that it's not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. There are there's so much about your relationship that gets to still belong and be beautiful and be what it is. But there's an element of your relationship that wasn't working anymore. And where there's that way again, that we cut off our nose despite our face. So there's so many opportunities, I think, for all of us to create relationships that do not fit inside of this narrow out, God, I don't know if it's ever worked, norm, that there's a way that we've had relationships all wrong for so long that it's people are so confounded by them. And yet it's really just so simple. Well, exactly. And what if it was simple and not wrong? And the yeah. thing you said there that was brilliant is what we do is we go, trust is this. Like, I trust this person to do this. And what you said was trust is we don't shut off our awareness. We're mm-hmm. still aware. That's what trust is, is we're yeah. still aware. So the thing with Simone and I was we went, okay, so I trust you, but I know that you're going to choose what you're going to choose. That's trust. That's absolute trust in somebody else. And what most of us have been taught is trust is you're going to do this. And that's a conclusion that we go to. That's an assumption. That's already creating a a future rather than being in awareness of it. And also what I want to add here is it's like, you know, I often say that if we trust the world not to hurt us, we're screwed. But it's like trusting myself. I trust Monica to recover from whatever happens. I trust myself to be able to deal with it, to create conversations. Well, do you know do you know yourself? Do you know yourself? Yes. Well, and that's I, I that's we're kind of coming back to one of the key pieces of this work. If you're going to be in a relationship, a conscious relationship, it starts here. It starts with me first. And what I heard in in your book, you've got to know who you are. 
you've got to know who you are. And I get that there's ways that you guys learned a lot about each other from each other. So, but there was, there was what I really loved is that you had both kind of been doing some work when you met each other and which is such a brilliant place to first of all, meet somebody. I'm like, Jesus, no, not at the bar, like meet each other, right? At a, like where you're kind of got some kind of structure where you're exploring. It, It amazes me how many people when you talk about kind of, I don't know, whether it's landmark education or access consciousness or some kind of workshop, how could you reach a certain age and have never done any kind of personal inquiry work? I don't know. For me, that seems like, how could I ever have a relationship with myself or another person if I have never dared to get out of my comfort zone and put myself in something where I'm in the questions? Well, I'd like to, I, I want to add something there is meet someone is it's like, okay, what am I going to the bar for? If you put question before everything that you choose, then you're going to get the awareness of why you're choosing it. Mm. So if you're going to a bar to meet someone, okay, what am I going to the bar for? Okay, to meet someone. Okay, what do I desire to create with that someone? Then you've already put yourself in the future of what you're desiring to create with what you haven't created yet. And I wouldn't eliminate bar. It's like, I mean, be willing to anyone anything, like a bar, a dating app, through a friend, on a plane, train, beach, wherever. Yeah, but Simone, you're different. You like being in question with what it's going to create in your life. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Well, I guess what I would ask you both is, had you not done any conscious work, would the relationship have brought you to this place? I mean, maybe the answer is, who knows, right? I can tell you directly, no. Okay. Well, that's the only reason I say not the bar, right? Like, of course, but yes, if the bar, but I think what I'm using it for is more as this, the way that we think we're going to meet somebody, but there's, if we haven't done any of the self-work, nothing is going to be sustainable. I would say more from like a place of it's like with an animal when it when it desires food it asks for it it says okay so what's it going to take for this to show up and it doesn't say it from a cognitive place but it has a place in its world where it needs it food shows up it eats that's how animals survive that's the way that the planet has been created what we do is we go okay what I need is and I create this massive image and blah 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 and we do all that rather than, okay, I would like to have this and then allow it to show up. And this is what, and this is, once again, most people would hear that and go, oh my God, you're crazy. But it's like, but we've done that in our lives. We've all Mm -hmm. had that place where we've gone, okay, I'd like this in my life. So look at your life right now and go, okay, what have I asked for that's shown up with total ease, okay? What would it take for me to ask for a relationship like that from that energy? And do you think, Brendan, that people can relate to that idea of like total ease? No, but they could if they desired it. I'm going to yeah. give a tool that they can use, which is actually the mantra of access. And you don't have to work this out and it's not a how, But if you say this at least 10 times in the morning, 10 times at night, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. Because that includes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. It's it's like that place, I often call it the place where everything gets to belong. It's a place where everything gets to have peace. Yeah, I love that. Okay, one last question, you guys. I love what you're what you say about, you know, the I don't know which which point it was. Was it the first, the second, the third, or the fourth? But it was about both partners making money. Tell me more about that. Well, it's I mean, I think both 
She's richer than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's actually a, a, an interesting point too because there's a lot of females I know that earn more money than their partner and they then they get cranky at their partner for not paying for stuff or they try and earn less money or it's just sort of like this elephant in the room. And I spoke to someone recently and they said, look, if you want him to be around and want him to do, you know, X, Y, Z, pay for it. I used to pay for Brennan's flights and different things like that all the time because I was earning more money. Paid for everything. Yeah, I did. And it's like, but I would also sit at the kitchen bench with my computer working and a glass of wine while he cooked the most amazing friggin' meal. He's an amazing chef. And then, and he would like organize the refurbishments of our house or, you know, he would do different things like that. So everything was a contribution. So if two people are contributing, to the financial growth because he would contribute to me like with honoring the the amount of work I was doing or what I was doing and what he could be for me. So that's what I think you need to look at and not if you're male or female and who's actually earning the most money. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's like what you actually just created and uh, contributed to each other. Yeah, I love the, those two C words, the the creation and the contribution yeah. and the consciousness, the third word. Yeah, the three Cs. And and Simone taught me how to have money. It's like, and that's the, the thing that we've talked about a bit in this is educating each other. Mm-hmm. Like what are you brilliant at that the other person has the capacity to be brilliant at that you could educate them on? And this is where we... Like if we, if you looked at your relationship right now and went for all of us and went, okay, how do I elevate this person into something greater? If we had that as our point of view, we would have different relationships on this planet. It's very, very true. And I think it comes from, again, a very, I don't know if the word is secure, but there's something about that, that there's a way that I keep going back to this work, this self-work. And I guess one of the things that I really want to invite my audience to do is to kind of really check out what it is that you guys teach, because there's obviously there are tools that very much work. When I went on the website and I saw all of the different countries and all of the different regions that this work is available, access consciousness. It's again, like any program that you do, it's what I really interpreted from the work that you guys did is that you then took those tools and everybody goes off and creates all kinds of amazing things in the world. It's not necessarily about, you know, making it all about access consciousness all the time, but it gave you the tools to continue to operate in the world in a way that gave you more freedom, more resilience, more ability, correct? It's making it more about you. Both Simone and I, we want people to know that they are them, that they have them, that they get to choose from them, that they just, because, and that's the other thing with relationship. Like if we get to this where it's like, I'm not going to give me up, but I'll give you all of me. Then we start creating consciousness on this planet. Mm -hmm. We start creating this place where we don't separate from each other. That's what we desire with this relationship done different and with this book is it's like we don't have to close ourselves in to create relationship we need to expand ourselves into something greater so that we can have something greater where would we go to learn more about relationship done different or how to enroll or tell me more well you can actually go to relationshipsdonedifferent.com 
And you can also go to accessconsciousness.com and you can, you know, search classes with myself and Brandon. Again, want to acknowledge both of you. I love, love, love talking to you. I loved reading your book and I love how you honor each other. I really, I love how you speak to each other. And it's just been such a pleasure really to, to interview both of you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much, Monica. It's been a pleasure to be here. All right. And well, Brendan, as always. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.